Evening, everyone. How's it going? A little after nine o'clock. Fane Kirby here uh, with Cara Rickard till about 10 o'clock tonight. Welcome to Talk Back, everybody. An opportunity for you to talk back. Uh, you might um, think, man, I've got something to say. I want to jump in. Well, we're going to put in the comments section exactly how you can jump on with your computer or phone and join us here uh, tonight. Cara, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Um, can, can you hear my dog snoring? No. Probably not. He's, he's, as soon as I said that, he stopped. He's just sitting outside my bedroom door snoring his head off. You've got that huge dog. Remember you said that huge dog? Giant, huge dog called Monster. He's an American Monster. bulldog. He's awesome. He's 10 years old now. Yeah, I thought he was on the um, on the rails back then, you know. I thought he was like only had like a year to live or something. something, something no, you're, you're, you're talking about Scratch, which was my dog before that. That is definitely like he's gone. We planted a lemon tree on top of him, and every year we get the most amazing, amazing lemons. I love it. Fantastic. Yeah. Right. Um, well, tonight we've got a very interesting show. Uh, we've got a special guest who's joining us. Uh, he will be um, talking hospitality and whatnot, so I wonder if you can have a guest and do and jump on the old uh, comment section and let us know. Say anything in the comment section and it's going to go up on our screen here. Also, we're speaking to a woman called Tessa Livingston. She's a voice specialist. And I'm really interested in this guest because uh, people always stop me in the street and ask me if I'm Thane Kirby. Uh, because they? It's, because they recognise the voice. You know, it's such a distinctive voice. But they just stop you on the street when you're not even talking. No, no. You're just walking, you're just walking down the street and they're like, hey, can you talk to me? Because I... Got a feeling that you're saying Kirby. They got it in, with an earshot. Like if I was sat at a cafe and I was talking on the phone, and then a woman was next to me, usually a woman, uh, they'd say, "Oh boy, are you you wouldn't happen to be saying Kirby, are you?" And I said, oh, "Guilty." And then yeah, I recognise your voice. So there's something about my voice that is both alluring um, and you know powerful. Well, it's just been around for a very long time. Yeah, you know, on the radio waves for what, like a solid twenty years, totally. and I think yeah. when people like you know, there'd probably be a lot of people before Facebook and before Instagram. Like when we were doing our show, yeah. Facebook was only kind of you know, no one had really flash camera phones. Like if you look at all the photos from you know, like thirteen years ago, they are terrible photos off of like a Nokia thirty three ten. And so lots of the time they don't actually put your face to the voice and then they hear their voice, your voice and they're like, oh. Most people used to think that I was a white woman. I was just about to say, I thought you were a white woman until I met you. And then I was like, but with the amount of te reo Māori that I spoke, did they just think that I was oh. just a, a white person down with the kaupapa? You know how you get the uh, reborn Māoris, you know, those huge ponamo and they've gone done a couple of courses at Unitech. And then yeah, they're but the all thing is, but the thing is, they're still Maori. Like they just thought that I was know, straight. I'm white, you know, white. Oh, you're, well, then they're not born again Maoris because they're not Maori. You just mean oh, right. Kaguya, yeah. people who are embracing the culture. Right. Okay. But anyways, yeah. again, uh, you've got a very distinctive voice. Um, it holds a lot of mana. Thank you very much. And uh, I think we, it's only fair that we break it down. This woman's a real professional. Hayden Brown has just come into the conversation. Kara never added me on Beepo. I know it's a very um, tough sticking point for Hayden there. Any opportunity yeah. he gets, he reminds me that I never added him on Bebo, but I don't even think I had a Bebo page. I had a MySpace, but not a Bebo. I wonder if our um, guest, Tessa Livingston, actually has the link to the show. Um, I wonder, Selena, 
Oh, she will be joining soon. Just been updated. Thank um, you very much. I also did, after talking last night about our dear old friend, Benny Boy Walker, um, I hit him up to come on the mm. show and he said mm. he might be keen. have not heard back from him yet, so he might appear at some stage uh, for a bit of a chat about his comedy show gig tomorrow. That would be nice. Hopefully George hasn't said, you know, maybe he's run up past Dean Campbell and he said, absolutely not. He doesn't really, show, he he doesn't really work. He doesn't it. work for George. Who? Ben. Ben. Oh, Ben. Oh, okay. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, maybe, you know, once you, I think, Okay, well, hopefully, fingers crossed, he comes on the show tonight. Maybe you should um, reach out, Bane, since you haven't talked to him in so long. I hate reaching out. I hate saying sorry. It's one of my two worst well, this, things this, to do. this can be your grand reunion on Talkback tonight. Yeah. Okay. Heal your old wounds. Uh, okay, let's go uh, and uh, catch up with our fact checker. Here he is. <laughs> Mac, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good. Do you hear me loud and clear? Well, a little. I mean, I can see you. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. You've got like a Daft Punk uh, effect going on your voice here. Uh, okay, we're having a technical difficulty. Okay. Sound a bit croaky, but we can still understand you. I like no, that's Now we can't hear you at all. Anything yeah. now? Now we got you. You're back. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm just going off the laptop mic. Okay, perfect. Happy New Year, Fane. Uh, your email resumed your show. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, Tom Rutherford, thank you very much, Tom, uh, for joining us. Selena, if you can get a link in the uh, comments, that would be amazing. Uh, um, so we've got, we're about to speak to uh, Tessa Livingston. She's a voice specialist, uh, Benny. So I'd like you to just uh, get those AI uh, algorithms ready to go. I'd love to get your feedback halfway through the interview. Uh, and, of course, You've got an incredible voice like we both do. So, you know, um, just throw yourself into the mix when you'd like to. Absolutely. I am intrigued as to what's going to happen on tonight's show, as I'm sure everyone else is. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Hurrah. Hurrah. Let's go to our guest. She's special, she's special, she's a guest, Tessa Livingston, uh, voice specialist. Welcome to the show. Hi, oh. thank you so much for having me. Look at your darling little room in there. Is that like a waiting room? Isn't beautiful? Yeah, this, is my, um, this yeah. is my little office, so if I'm ever having anybody um, come in to do work, this is where they come and sit. This big red chair is where people come and sit to come hang out. That's incredible. You know what, I would, it's, you, you, look, you look like... A situation where you go, I wonder what Anne of Green Gables is doing right now. And then, boom, <laughs> there you are. Here she is. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, welcome to our program. This is Cara Rickup. Hello. Hi, Cara. Hi. Yeah. So can you explain, you know, just top line, what a voice therapist is all about? I mean, you helping um, disabled people? Or what's the deal? Well, absolutely. So there's a couple of different uh, realms in where someone can be like a, a voice therapist or a voice specialist or anything along those lines. So what I tend to do is that I work more in the creative side of it and also the mechanical side of voice. So what I do is that I help make sure that people are using their voices in a way that is sustainable so that they can have a powerful, strong voice 
all the time. And this is uh, typically working with teachers, but I have also worked with uh, with transgender. So helping them move their voice from, say, a more masculine sound to a more feminine sound. Uh, wow. I've worked with, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty fascinating. It's really wow. cool. Yeah. And uh, I've, I work with accents. I love teaching people accents. Uh, and I work as a public speaker, a professional speaker, anything to do with getting the voice out in front of people. That's yes. what I'm into. Because I think okay. people really underestimate, um, you know, like your voice is a muscle and you mm. can overwork it and you can hurt it and you can strain it. I've had lots of friends um, who are actors and singers who have got nodules and then they haven't been able to speak for a month. And it's because from a young age, I don't actually think we're lit we're taught how to project our voice. Like even when I'm doing, like if I'm doing MC work or something, I just start screaming and the whole sound yeah. of my voice changes because I don't know how to project it loud enough without mm. yelling at the top of my lungs. Oh, and I totally hear what you're saying. And this is, I'm so pleased that you've mentioned this because when we talk about projection, people often think loud, right? Projection mm -hmm. has to be loud. It's got to be big. It's got to fill up the space. When really what projection actually is, is a balance of muscles in the body to make the voice work to, at its optimum. That's really all it is. So right now I'm using like 30, 40% projection so that my voice is nice and clear. It's coming up through... Um, through the top part of my head rather than it sounding like I'm down on my throat or somewhere like here. Yeah. And if I wanted to turn up the volume, I could because I've got the volume, I've got the muscles in balance. But if I wanted to take my voice down a little bit quieter but still have the right sound, I can take it down. So it's about knowing how to balance those muscles. Wow, that is amazing. Oh, obviously, mm -hmm. um, sometimes the great voices do come naturally to some people. Yes. And uh, I don't want to, uh, you know, brag, but people said I've got a great voice. You know what I mean? It's very calming. It's a very soothing voice. Yes. I'm using it now. Brag um, away. Please brag away. That's amazing. <laughs> do you know how to use your voice correctly? There's one thing yes. to have a, have a great sounding voice, but mm. can you project it well without screaming at the top of your lungs? Then? Absolutely. And you know what? Because I think I've got an incredible microphone technique. Uh, because there are people um, who jump even on a microphone. They'll mm -hmm. scream and they'll go up a couple octaves and go, come on, guys. They change the sound of their voice because they really want to talk louder. Yeah. But not me. <laughs> I know exactly where to put my voice into a microphone and pitch mm -hmm. it perfectly over a room so I get heard. And isn't it notice? You get the same microphone, you hand it to somebody else, and you can't hear a bloody thing you're saying. It's so annoying. Yeah. So, I so think what are, yeah. I mean, what, some, what are some of your top tips? for people who might, like, just want to know how to project their voice a bit better without yelling or screaming or hurting themselves. Absolutely. Um, so my top tip is learning how to breathe. And this uh, seems so annoying because people go, well, I, I, I want a quick fix. I want something that's going to fix it really quickly. But knowing how to breathe properly, breath is foundation of voice. And here is a really, really good way to prove that. If I take a breath in and then blow all of my air out, I can't say anything. My voice doesn't work anymore. So to have projection, to have that really good and strong, we've got to have a good breath and we've got to be able to activate our diaphragm, which is that really good, butty, big muscle that lives underneath the ribs. So if anybody wants to try that, the first thing they can do is if you take one of your hands and yeah. just place it on this part of the belly here and then right. take your other hand and you treat it like a little duck wing on the other side, you don't want it down on your waist. You want it just on um, the underside of your ribs. And all I want you to do is to make an S sound in a pulsated way. So it sounds like this. And I want you to make it really hard. 
Yes. Good. <laughs> Shouldn't have too much of this happening, but you should be able to feel underneath your hands this incredible pulsing yeah. feeling. Yeah. And that yeah. is where the voice should be coming from and what should oh. be feeling activated whenever you're speaking. Shit. So wow. learning how, the, how that muscle feels. Obviously, it doesn't have to be working at that level the whole time because right. we don't want people walking around, you know, like trying to, you know, be these amazing yeah. Shakespeare actors just when they're normally speaking. But it's more like um, troubleshooting management. Like if your voice is starting to get a bit tired, you can go, oh, oh, okay, all right. Oh, I need to, I need to pick up more through my through my diaphragm and make things feel a little bit better. Um, sorry. Oh, so sorry. there's one thing to um, you know learn about the physiology of how we talk and how mm -hmm. we breathe and how we use our voice. But how do you learn how to do accents? Like you said that you teach people yeah. accents. Is that a difficult thing to know all of the accents and then be able to teach them? <laughs> well, I don't. I definitely don't know all of them. I know a couple of them. Um, but the thing with accents is that half of the time it's a mental battle. Most people, when I say I do accents, the first thing we'll say, they'll say is, oh, I can't do accents. Oh, I don't have the ear for it. So if you can convince yourself that you don't have to have an ear to do accents, you just need to understand how things can move and start practicing and trying. Mimicking people is the most fun thing you can do. So just giving it a go and also knowing that, you know, different accents have different sounds. So, you know, if I'm if I'm using my general American accent, I want to know that my sound is coming through my nose. That's all I want to know. And so I want to start shoving my voice up there. If I'm doing something in Scots, I want to make sure that the sounds come in from all the way back here. Like I you just you get used to picking them apart and going, OK, American sounds here, Scottish sounds here. When I'm doing American, I need to make my mouth go this way rather than have a smile this way. It's what just about little an bits and pieces. And what about an Indian Oh, accent? I can't do one of those. <laughs> That's a tough it's one to do, isn't it? That's always the thing gets you into trouble. Indian accent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, it's um, interesting, and though, when, um, yeah. when, you, when you're watching Kiwi actors and you know they're Kiwis and they're playing mm. a part on an American film, I'm like... Some people do their accents amazing, like Carla Barn yeah. and um and Star, like their American accents are awesome. Tim Morrison people, on the other hand. I wasn't talking about Tim, but I was saying sometimes you can hear them break back into their yes. Kiwi accent. And it might just be because I'm watching it thinking, but I know you're a New Zealander and I'm waiting for it. Mm. And it might not be that um, you know, obvious to other people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's a couple of things that can happen there. One of them is that we have um, a part of the brain that looks after our emotions and, and how we put things forward. When we're in a scene and it gets really highly emotional, that part of the brain takes over and we go back to our normal accent because our brain can't cope with having to do everything plus remember how to do an accent. So right. there's some really famous scenes and I can't think of any of them off the top of my head. I wish I could. Um, where actors, their accents are fine the whole way through the film and then they have this big emotional scene where they'll, they'll shout or they'll whatever it is and their accent drops out. Um, so that's one of the reasons. And the other reason is exactly what you said. If we know an actor isn't of that accent, we are looking for it. And we will pick up any small detail that makes us yeah. think that it's not true. I've got an interesting fact, though. Um, so one of my <laughs> children, uh, uh, Honey, she uh, started out as a you know, three, four-year-old with a lisp. And she grew out of the lisp. But my second daughter, Lola, picked up the lisp. 
and <laughs> didn't kind of grow out of it. She kind of lisped a little, real light lisp, and obviously professional. I pick up on that. And um, <laughs> and so, and I'm thinking, but people do mimic other people and their and their voices and accents because. I was watching Paul Henry's story, I think it's Holly Henry, and she's doing the news. One minute she's talking, hey, I left, uh, left uh, MediaWorks, blah, blah, blah. I'm going out on my own. I'm doing a podcast, but I'll let you in on how I'm doing a voiceover on the news. And then suddenly she's gone from this casual voice to, coming up on Tuesday, the man fell over a horse. And then it's like, what are you mimicking a person from the news doing a voiceover? You know, it's a weird that you wouldn't use your natural voice. Because it's a news yeah. voice. Yeah. Like when I used to read the news on the radio, I have a news voice that's different to my conversation voice. So if, you horse, like if you were a commentator for horse racing, you would naturally just go, <laughs> you know, would you just do it like that or what? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But like that's that's um, huge, and also the way that we say things affect who we are as people as well. I know that there is a sound that I make that uh, so it's from the film. Uh, do you remember the Terminal with Tom Hanks in it? Yeah, I love it. Man. Yeah. Yeah, love that film. So there is a scene there, because I loved it when I was little as well. There's a scene where um, he's in a holding cell, like in the airport, and he's sitting on a toilet, just like in a little cubicle, but you can see, like, you know, he leans forward so you can see him. Yeah. And um, and the man comes in to be like, where are you? I need to talk to you. And he leans forward and he goes, oppa, like just a sound like that. I don't even know if that's the real sound. And my young person loved that sound for whatever reason or what he was saying and so now when I'm like if I'm teaching with kids or anything like that and they ask me something I go Papa. I'm like what that, that's my version of what and it's yeah. embedded itself in my language because I loved that scene for whatever reason and people do it all the time we pick up phrases from people um, I've got another friend who has the most beautiful laugh and I never laugh like her in real life but when I'm with her man do I laugh like her so we do we take other people's stuff that we like and we shove it into how we operate um, I know a kid who is a Kiwi, but mm -hmm. because most of the stuff that he watches on television is American, he has quite a slight American accent from the cartoons that he watches. Mm. Is that quite a common occurrence? It's becoming more and more common, I think. It's not my um, it's not my area of expertise, but I am hearing more and more that this is happening. And I don't actually know officially what causes it. It could be because that same, like that love and adoration for what we're hearing. I think um, I think lockdowns might be playing a part in that, you know, because kids learn their accents and their language and their phrasing from their peers. We start with our parents, but we end up learning it from our peers as we move on. So mm. maybe that is, uh, you know, filtering into the system a little bit more and that's, and that's happening that way. But yeah, I do hear that from time to time, parents going, you know, um, my kid has a British accent or has an, typically an American accent from yeah. whatever it is that they're watching. Um, that happens. Uh, what does it mean to be a spiritual speaking coach, which you've got written down there in your bio? Yeah, cool. So this is um, this is a new uh, a new part of what I'm uh, what I'm looking into. When I think about the voice, it is not just a part of muscles. It is an emotional communication port. It's a spiritual port where we uh, where we chant and we sing, and uh, there's so much more going on with it. And what I talk about with spiritual speaking coaching is basically allowing someone to. Normally, these are people who have done a lot of speaking training, you know, they're professional speakers, but something's feeling blocked. And what I'll help people do is learn how to go inward, you know, connect with um, connect with themselves, connect with their guides or, you know, whatever thing feels most comfortable for them and 
ask that um, that help or that guidance or that message, whatever it is, to help feed that back into them so that when they get up on stage, they've got all of their skill that they've that they've learned in an intellectual way, but then they have this backing of, um, of more of a spiritual presence with them. And so it's encouraging people to allow that part of themselves into, into their performance and into their practice so that, because there's nothing better than watching somebody on stage who isn't reading from a script and isn't, you know, focused this way, but they're actually just there in their presence. So it's kind of finding your spiritual presence when you're on stage. How much How much training? Can you hear the training in Jacinda's voice when she fronts those stand-up press conferences? Because sometimes, remember when she started off very school teachery, and then sometimes mm. very presidential, calm and reassuring, and then she's, you know, so I think she's very well trained. What do you think? I, I would say so as well. And there's, there's not, for, for her at the moment, I can imagine there's not a large margin of error to be had, whether that's with pronunciation, whether that's with words, whether that's um, like semantic swaps, like sometimes we'll use one word in replacement of another, even though they may, may mean the same thing. Mm. For her, I can imagine there's they can't have any of that at the moment. I, I would be willing to bet that she definitely has a speaking coach or a public speaking coach to make sure that everything is running as smoothly as possible because if she makes a mistake at the moment, man, are people pouncing. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. I would, yeah, I would definitely say that, that that's something that she has. Um, quickly, just sorry, Cara, what, what about smoking? Can that help your voice? Help your voice? Apparently, like I was talking to the Can old it help the voice? of the past and they were like, oh, man, six pack a day and you'll sound like me. You might not live past 30, but 40, but uh, yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, <laughs> I wouldn't encourage smoking as a uh, as a way for voicing. Uh, what does happen with smoking or vaping or anything that is uh, not ear moving over the cords? So the vocal cords are like are sort of like this sort of shape back inside the neck, and they've got this lovely little membrane that lives on the outside. And when we smoke, what happens is is that that harshness of that um, smoke going over the cords causes that membrane to swell and we get like liquid buildup just on the edges of the cords, which is why it ends up sounding like that really like rough kind of bubbly sort of sound. Um, So I would be willing to say to people, learn how to do glottal fry, uh, this sound, rather than smoke. (laughs) That's good advice. Um, yeah, so you can put it on rather than, you know, make it happen for yourself. Yeah, that's yeah, true. just like that. Um, what about, to walk me through the transgender stuff. How do you take a deep voice and make it into a high-pitched female voice and do it successfully? Yeah, and and- Absolutely. So um, this is a really, really cool process. And a lot of it is voice trickery. Often what happens when someone comes in, um, and I typically only work with masculine moving to feminine, because the drugs that that are taken when you move from feminine to masculine affect the size and shape of the vocal cords. So typically, we're only I'm only working with male to female. But um, a lot of it is trickery. So a big part of it is making sure that the voice is nice and supported with the breath. And often what happens is that someone comes in and they've, and they've just tried to raise their pitch or they've just gone really breathy like a, a Marilyn Monroe kind of thing. Cause then, cause then the full aspect of the voice isn't there and it can be, right. it can be hard to identify. But even when I do it, you know, Oh, that's just a, that's just your voice higher up. That's, you know, that's not changing anything. So one of the really, really big things that we work on is resonance. And so resonance um, is where the voice is vibrating inside the body to make a sound. So for example, if I make a really heavy throaty sound, if I just drop my, my resonance into my throat, I've already got a heavier, deeper sound. 
And then if I start, so now I'm in sort of like my, where I typically speak, which is just sort of like in my oral cavity. And then if I start moving my voice up into my nose, perceptually I sound a whole heap higher, but I've not actually raised my pitch. So um, we do a lot of flexibility training on how to move that deep, heavy sound from here up into the nose. And we also play with like vowels. We try to make them sound much more high pitch. So like, for example, if everyone just goes E, have a go with an E. Cool. You should be able to feel that feeling quite buzzy in the nose. And it's quite like a high sort of sound. Yeah. And then if I get you to go, yeah, and that sound feels much lower and it even sounds lower. So what I teach is how to get somebody to go, okay, I'm going to make all of my vowels, so E, R, and U, all sound like an E. So rather than E, R, U, I'm going to go E, R, U. I've not changed, I make them all sound like E's. They've all got the same brightness and resonance as an E. So we do lots of playing and lots of, you know, how does the mouth look and, and how are we sitting and what's the body doing and lots of different bits and pieces to help with um, to help with that moving from one gender to another or moving into non-binary. Wow, that's awesome. I didn't it's know very that. fun. <laughs> I had no idea this existed and I think it's amazing. You're doing a great service. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hey, um, what about uh, was it? Who's the Jenna that uh, that you know uh, transitioned? Uh, the Kardashians' dad, right? You know, Caitlin. Uh, Caitlin. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin. Caitlin seems like she doesn't give a hoot what she sounds like anymore. Mm. I mean, Caitlin sometimes just uses her old voice and just just goes with it. I, I just yeah. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I think that's cool too. And like the cool thing with uh, with transgender these days is that people often think, okay, you're going from full female to full male and you're going both ways. When that's absolutely not what it is at all. It's all completely on a spectrum. You know, you might want to dress in a more feminine way, but keep your masculine voice. Or you might want to keep some part of your masculine dress, but you want to have a feminine voice. Like there's so many options now. It's not, you know, it's not a cookie cutter thing. Everybody gets to make their own decision. And that's what I love about it. Because even though lots of the stuff that we do is very, you know, the exercises are very prescribed. They're very, this is what we do everybody wants to um, infuse themselves with them and find new ways. So it's always a really fun process because I'll think I'll know how to do something and they go, "Mm, I want something different. I go, great, let's figure that out. And Rick, I reckon if you transitioned to a guy, you'd be okay because you've got kind of a, you know, a deeper voice. But I might just Mm. like to keep my regular voice because that's the voice I've had my whole life and I might feel some sort of way about that. I probably... I probably would put some effort in and try and um, Michael Jackson it up, you know, just make it a little bit more soft and whispery. <laughs> That's always an option. And as always, that is always your choice. You yeah. get to decide that. Oh, God. So what else are you selling? What else? Am I- oh, well, I tell you things. I tell you things that I sell. I yeah. <laughs> At the moment, um, my, my kind of like passion project, which I'm absolutely loving, is my teacher's voice course. So um, at the moment, I'm selling that to schools, to like entire staff members, or I'm selling it as individuals to occupational voice users. So anybody that uses their voice on a day-to-day basis. And what I'm teaching is the importance of breath, vocal health, and how to use projection. So that's my main thing that I'm selling at the moment, and it's so much fun. I um I actually did my first one today, and it was amazing. I got such great feedback, and I just people were telling me that it was going to be really valuable. So that was the first thing that I've got going on at the moment. The second, yes, 
Yes. Well, but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Um, my my second thing that I'm doing at the moment is that myself and an LA voice artist are teaching voiceover for beginners. So she takes the kind of, so she does voiceover all the time. She's narrated something like 200 audiobooks. She's done um, Netflix, uh, um, what do you call them? Trailers, Netflix trailers, yep. all kinds of different things. But she does it completely from home. So she's got this amazing setup and she helps take you through the business part of how to get yourself set up to do voiceovers from home. Right. And then I take you through the vocal part. How do you start playing with those different resonances? How do you yeah. start changing your voice to be really hireable as a voiceover actor? So that's um that's that one. And then the final thing that I, I have on my um on my website is um how to speak your truth. So at the moment, I feel like the world is going through a catastrophe of not knowing what to say. And this is basically a um a thing to help people figure out how to make those hard conversations that we're having with each other less. Uh, fiery and less aggressive and less ending up in arguments because we need to be able to have these open honest conversations whilst respecting what we have to say and what the other pe person has to say so I also have a course for that which is um which was really fun and I did that with my that. what was that sorry I love a kid's version of that you know but my kids mm. talk to each other like complete shit they like they hate each other but they don't they absolutely love each other but yep. just the way they just constantly fight and break it's awful well, that's not actually a bad, you know, in some cultures, uh, that's okay. So I've got a friend from Croatia who shouts and screams at her family, but that's how they communicate. And, you know, in my family, it's like we're, we're so polite and it's so lovely. And she doesn't understand that. So, um, yeah, it totally depends on who you are. But, yeah, some kids will yell at each other, but as long as they're always coming back together, I suppose that's always the good thing, right? Yeah, fantastic. Um, what's your deal? Are you married or...? What's my deal? I'm <laughs> no, I'm not married, but I do have a lovely partner who I live with, and we've been together for five years. Him and I. So, yeah. has, has his voice brushed up because you're you've got a great voice? Oh my goodness! No, well, so actually, um, he can do a lot of things that I can't, and it drives me nuts. So he can do really incredible, like. Māori accents and Pacifica accents, I, I try them and they're just utterly horrific. And also, he can make really like cool sounds and I can't. So sometimes he's actually a whole heap better than I am and it drives me nuts. I love that. Oh, well, that's excellent. <laughs> hey, well, thank you, Tess. Thank you very much for your uh, time. I really appreciate it. Um, oh. It's so interesting, eh? Yeah, it was so, awesome. Thank you. Well, I, this, this is awesome. like this is this is what I love doing. I love sitting and chatting. So this has been amazing. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute joy. No problem. Now we what we do now is we go away and break the interview down in an honest way. And mm. then, you know, so uh, you know, stick around and watch it if you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, I'd be in for that. Uh, thank you so much. And if you want to uh, see more of what Tess does, there is a little link to her website just in the comments there that you can check out. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank Excellent. you very much. All right. All the best. Have a lovely evening. Thank you. You too. Bye. See ya. Bloody interesting stuff. Um, yeah. Incredible. Amazing. Yeah. I, ne I nearly trained to be uh, um, do what she does. Really? Yeah, because in this country, there's so few Māori. I think at the time, like I was just finishing school and I got offered a scholarship to go and do it for free because at the time, I think there was only like maybe five Māori speech and language therapists in the country and um, they they just needed more, especially to work with children, you know, right. children that um, uh, might have uh, a different language 
as their first language that's not English. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I went to Australia and got pissed for two years instead after school. Yeah, we've all been there and done that, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, let's bring back our uh, fact checker and get his insight. Ooh, man, oh, man. Yeah, we all saw it. Very insightful. What was your favorite bit? Um, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, she was talking about uh, trickery of the voice and uh, being able to change the voice using different tonal ranges from uh, the different octaves of the vowels, different uh, yeah. resonances in different parts of the head. Kind of super interesting. I wonder if um, have you ever met one of those guys that got one of those like razors and you because they've lost their uh, voice and they're going, Hi, hi, my name is Derek. I mean, it's all in there. Yeah. Once you lose the uh, the vocal cords, it's all over for you and your voice, which is a real shame. And you think yeah. the modern technology and medicine the way it is, they can replace oh. those again back again. Obviously, if you lose your vocal cords, it's all over. That's like saying, Oh, you lose your eyes. You're not going to be able to see anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all over for voiceover work, isn't it? And radio yeah. stuff, thing. Yeah. Uh, no, I we'll guess come. Sorry, sorry, mate. What were you saying? No, it, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I suppose that's sort of like uh, if if you are a radio personality, you're really banking on your on your vocal cords of going the distance. And uh, I guess that's something that could potentially keep you up at night if you sort of sprained your larynx. Yeah. Did you, did you, did you get ACC for that? Probably, eh? I'd say ACC? so. ACC? You hurt yeah. your vocal cords and you were a radio person? Sheesh, another question. I'd hope so. Africa, what yeah, was I the last... It, what it say, might Tim? come under like... Sorry, Thane. Do you, my brother? What, 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 what was the last voiceover you, you performed for money? I did an incredible voiceover just this week, actually. Wow. I can't tell you what it is, though. Um, big insurance company. AMI. Fantastic. Congratulations on that. Um, It was a solid two pages, but it only took me about 20 minutes to do. It was a bloody good time. Oh, epic. Yeah. Yeah. What was the last voice over you got paid to do, thank Kirby? Uh, You really cracked the voiceover market, did you? Well, no, because I got I was super nervous and started sweating onto the paper, and then the words would kind of like float away because I was I had too much. It was too much anxiety for me. Didn't, um, didn't, didn't you get hired to be yeah. the voice of like Burger King or Burger Fuel or something? And then because we had the same agent at the time, and she's like, "That guy, I kept getting him these radio voiceover jobs, and he just pussies out because he can't do it." Can't do it. But can I? Yeah. What I did do, I did five thirty with Jude every day for about four years, and I did United Getaway Travel for about four, four or five years. Paid incredibly well, and that was when you used to get paid lots of big money. And then after that, it all fell apart. You know why? Because I got hideously stoned one day and uh, couldn't read a thing. I couldn't even say my own name, and turned up to a voice job, and obviously embarrassed myself out of the booth. And that was with just, my green man, and it was just did awful. You just think that maybe your ego and your talent could like slide you on through, even though you were stoned out of your mind. Yeah, thought it would get me through, but yeah, no good. Hey, yeah, uh, 
I was, I was always wondering, I mean, as far as voiceover works and, and iconic voices, I always wonder what happened to that old man on the Wendy's ads. Dave, they got rid of him, mate. They've been them. Oh, it's Dave. Yeah. Is Wendy's even still around? I don't see any ads or commercials for them anymore, really. You know what? I wonder if he's got an agent. I wonder if Selena um, could try and track that guy down. It'd be nice to get him on one. Yeah. And, uh, and, and another thought, Thane, have you ever sort of thought of spraying your head with sort of deodorant? Does it work? Well, it's an antiperspirant, right? It's so, isn't it just so hot tonight though? Is that why you've got a towel then? I had to tie my hair up because it was making me too hot. Well, it's hot. And I, I, I got flustered before I was, um, uh, I sat down. I was off doing stuff and vacuuming. And so I got a little bit of yeah, sweat I mean, in housework. I mean in just day to daily life, you know. Just yeah. part of your routine, you sort of do your pits, do and your dome. I wonder if anyone else does that as part of their daily routine. Please let us know. It would be amazing. Maybe you might I even could... use the, the, the rollerball. I wouldn't mind something that could kind of calm down the light bouncing off the old head, though. If you check calm it down out. the shine. Yeah, what do you do? Oh, well, do you... Why don't we... Uh, Miracle Glow. Um, get get on Suzanne Paul. Mm-hmm. And I'd say get some of that Miracle Glow. I think they rebranded it to um, Finn Lizzie. Oh, I've got you. All right, let's, I wonder if Selena's ready for the news. Thank you very much there, Benny. Absolutely amazing. Have you got any news? No, she hasn't got any news. Yes? Um, no. I heard something today in the old uh, news space that um, Nick Jonas and his wife, uh, Priyanka Chopra, I think her name is, are going to have a baby by surrogate. And their reasoning behind it was because... Um, they can't seem to get their skills together uh, to spend enough time together to get pregnant. Which, so what about but, just general recreational sex? That must have been going down either. But then I thought, like, okay, so that they can't sort their shit out to be together to get pregnant. Have they even considered how much time and commitment it takes to then raise this child that they're going right. to have? Yeah. Like, if they can't even get together for, like, you know, like a couple pumps and a hug. Like, yeah. how how are they going to raise a child? Absolutely. Um, I think they're not. I think a nanny will. Yeah, right. absolutely. Uh, and, and outsourcing it would be possibly a good this idea. It's like an odd, an odd reason to have a surrogate. Not illness. There's no cancer involved. There's no, I no, there's no, like, there's no infertility. There's no, no other reason apart from the fact that they... Cannot get their schedules to meet up so that they can do it and get pregnant. It's almost as simple as just ordering New World online, isn't it? And just having it arrive. A young fellow knocks at the door and then there it all is. So I have no idea, you know, I just can't make the time to go shopping. And then, well, hello, here it is. Who's going to put it away now? <laughs> Click and collect. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, but now we're going to go to uh, Selena. She's got two news headline stories for us because I want to make this a thing. And they're going to be, um, this is going to be incredible. Stay with us, everybody. Here we go. Don't be nervous. Get without projecting in our words. Okay, so uh, just a couple of headlines. Okay. Okay. So everyone knows that John Lennon had a son. 
What's his name? Put hand up. Trina. Sean. Julian. Sean. Oh, yes. Julian. Julian or Sean. Okay. One of his sons has announced a digital auction of Beatles memorabilia. So that's interpret that as you will because, you know, the Beatles memorabilia is worth billions and billions and billions, or maybe just millions, but. Fantastic. Okay. So moving on. Is it just the stuff that his dad owned? So obviously not. Uh, no, I mean. Well, I think Michael Jackson purchased uh, a lot of the back catalogue of Paul McCartney, as far as I know. Right, okay. Do you know what else Michael Jackson bought? What? What? All of Eminem's music. I think Eminem dissed him in a song to Michael Jackson owns all his master recordings. Wow. Oh, wow. It's like, hey, screw you, Eminem. I think. I like Eminem. I like lots of artists. Better fact check so, that. Carry on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the female fact checker. Okay. So the next one is, um, there was a massive snowstorm that hit Istanbul and Athens. Uh, after a massive cold front, this is obviously in a different hemisphere to us. Um, so yeah, a massive cold front hit much of Turkey and Greece. Rescue crews were worked off their feet and scrambling to clear roads because there's more than 80 centimetres of snow in some gotcha. areas. Now, thank you very much. Uh, We've got uh, someone called Edgar, Edgar Starr, listening on, uh, watching on Twitch. Greetings from Turkey. I wonder if we can go live from the snowstorm, mate, if you're still watching. What? Really? Yeah. How so, how there's a link in the comments, uh, Edgar Starr. So I wonder if you can click on it and then join the conversation. And then we can so, uh, actually back that up. This is perfect. What I know. Great timing. It's meant to be. Yeah. Istanbul is a city of 16 odd million people. So people were, um, all the rescue crews were trying to clear the roads and just make it possible for people to move around the city. People were just, um, you know, there's so many people. They couldn't, if they couldn't get home, they were just jumping on public transport and it was overcrowded and that's dangerous and abandoning their vehicles or sleeping in their vehicles and. Yeah, until oh, it just like blew over. Thing, you know? or, um, yeah. People are um, tough. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, mate. That was fantastic. Oh. Now we just wait on Istanbul, everybody. Oh, um, sorry, you're tricky. And I, I did confirm that uh, Eminem, uh, you know, teased Michael Jackson in the 2004 video for Just Lose It. And so uh, Michael Jackson's publishing company bought all of Eminem's publishing $370 million and um, the purchase meant he then owned the rights to all of Eminem's music so he could have sold off a song for some dildo ad if he wanted to yeah absolutely how powerful is that that's like, that's some big dick energy man mm, absolutely and the fact that Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson were the best of friends and they made all those great songs together and then uh, Paul McCartney introduced the idea to Michael Jackson of buying the publishing rights to other people's music and Michael just bought his and then they didn't speak again. So Is that what happened there? Yeah. And that's why they broke up. Oh, after they did wow. Yeah, after all that shit went down. I'm gonna Google that too. Oh yeah, well, you know, I mean 
uh, oh, hopefully it's not embellished, but I think I've got it right. You know, you know um, what I'm saying? Well, you double check What happened between them? Yeah. On August the 14th, 1995, Michael Jackson astonishingly, astonish, astonishingly paid a whopping $47.5 million to own the entire back catalogue of material by the Beatles, a move which um, angered Paul McCartney no end when he was the very person who told Jackson about the auction in the first place. And quite rightly, he felt betrayed. Absolutely. Again, another big tech energy move. But just like, what a, what a flex to be like, oh, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to buy all the Beatles songs, and I'm going to buy all Eminem's. Anybody else? Anybody else? He Music really is the king of pop, right? He's so much the king of pop. He bought the Beatles, who like were the original pop guys, and then he bought Eminem's. What? But then I wonder, I wonder what happened with his estate, because in that article I was just reading, it said that he continued to own Eminem's publishing until his death, and then I wonder if his estate... Like kids old roll off his kids, his family, who knows? I don't know. Oh, I don't know if he died with any money. Yeah. Blanket um, and Paris and Michael Jr., Prince Michael Jr. That's right. Yeah, I wonder what have, ever happened to those guys. But um, I'm just glad that Michael made those power moves and, uh, you know, really went after everybody with a big stick. Speaking of big, big sticks, where's Ben Walker? And will he ever turn up to the show somewhere? Um, no, he said that he can't make it tonight because he has been busy and he's um, still not even home. But he is keen to join us another evening. Uh, might be good to talk to him after his comedy gig. He could try out some of his jokes on us, possibly. Yeah. Maybe see how they go. If anyone was going to be a comedian, I reckon it was going to end up being Ben Walker. He's funny. Yeah. But some of his some of his jokes not appropriate for radio. No, um, got him in also, trouble quite often. Remember, because the other thing is, if you can back up something funny with a funny laugh, and he's got one, remember, he goes, <laughs> you know, he's got that kind of laugh. Other people yeah. laugh, you know, it makes you laugh. So you buy yeah. into it. That's half the thing of being a comedian. And second fun fact for you, Ricard, is when I was a kid, I'd go Michael Jackson. As opposed to when a voice expert, Michael. And it was, you know, but obviously now my adult self, I'd be going Michael. Jackson. Michael. Instead of Michael. And you know what? Um, um, it's like my son's word that he doesn't pronounce properly is meringue. He calls them romangs. Hmm? Meringues. Romangs. Romangs. Yeah. Um, I want a romangue. Um, Little Valley uh, pronounces everything with a w. So there's a web and all that kind of so cute. That's um, generally what kids do with the W's. Yeah. I know. And, um, and uh, you, another one is milk, toilet. I can't stand those two. No one in my family says that. And what are they? Milk instead of milk. Milk. And toilet. And there's the toilet. 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 So, that's another thing. Yeah. That fucking really irks me for those things are mispronounced. You know? I was like, come on, have some respect for the English language. They're children. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 I suppose you're right. Are you talking about adults who can't say toilet Adult. properly? Adults. Yeah. Mispronouncing toilet's better than saying I'm going to the shitter. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go take a dump, going to lay a cable, going to have a whiz, a whiz. Um, you know, I'm going to spend a penny. Ugh. Anything mm-hmm. toilet. Really awful sayings. Like, who who decided that those were great sayings? <laughs> like, what are the sayings that have just... You know how some sayings stick around 
for a very long time. Yes. And then they just disappear off the face of the planet. Mm. Like, um, you know, like one that's been so big over the last couple of the couple of years is Let's Go. Oh, Let's Go. Let's Go. Yeah, so I think lots of people wanted to leave that in 2021. Yeah. Very, very try hard. And I did see um, on Instagram another phrase that people wanted to leave behind was um, it's the. So, you know, if you were standing there, like if I was about to say something about you, I'd be like, huh, it's the towel on your head for me. You know, that yeah. phrase where people are like, oh, it's the it's the blue car for me. Yeah. Oh, it's the whatever. People are done with saying that as well. Don't say that. What about there he is? There he is. It's another one. Oh, oh, yeah. Very. Well, I mean, that's still kind of grammatically relevant, yeah, I suppose. Like, if I'm walking down the street and I'm like, oh, there he is. There's the guy that I'm going to meet. Yes, it depends what context you use it in. Okay. Um, do you want to see something shocking? Oh, oh God. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. Hi. Hi. I tried to buy every artist's back catalog. I did it. Shamon. Shamon. That's pretty accurate, isn't it? I saw the rights to perpetuity in this universe and any other in the whole galaxy. Hi. Uh, what, was cool. your, what was your favourite Beatles song there, Michael? Oh, I love Paul McCartney. Do, do you have a favourite song? My favourite Beatles song has got to be Yellow Submarine. Oh, yeah. It's got a Beatles song. Yeah. You know, the, the, the accent into some kind of southern bell. Uh, uh, you know, I the, love Dolly Parton. <laughs> Oh look, Selena's huh? beside herself. She's doubled over in laughter. Michael loving. couldn't hear you. I was like, could you sing us Jolene? If oh, that'd be lovely. Man. Jolene, 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 Jolene. Ah, Jolene. You know what this reminds me of? Remember Jolene. those men TV days back in the day where this would be, you know, like people would be absolutely shitting themselves with laughter. This was the kind of crazy stuff Max TV used to do back in the day. Do you remember Max TV? Yeah. I used to yeah, love Max TV. That was weird. I mean, the, vo- the, the voices did nail, but the, the face, how it spread like Marmite across some white bread. It's like it's melted. It does. I died, silly. With a touch of palsy, you know, it's good. I don't know, it's got something going on me. Thanks very much, ah. Michael. <laughs> Eight minutes. Eight minutes. What are you doing after the show? What are you watching? Are you watch? Do you watch TV? Um, I've watched everything, man. Like we've been in lo- we've been in like lockdown for two years. I've watched every single show. I might watch um the new season of Yellowstone. Oh, I've watched it. I'm right at the You're end. All right, it's quite yeah. good. I love um. What's his Costner's outfit and every outfit I would adopt if I could afford it. Oh, really? No, I love, um, who's the guy that, the guy, Rip. I love Rip. Is he the rough guy? Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. 
He is pretty fantastic. Um, you know, can, can you can you recommend some shows to watch? I'm watching The Gilded um, out on Neon. You've got to get Neon. That's where HBO Max is. I've got Neon. I've got Neon. I've got Amazon Prime. I've got Apple TV. I've got Disney Plus and I've got Netflix. you got it all. You don't need anything else. Yeah. Well, what shows can I watch though? Oh, man. Can I just quickly give you my picks on Neon real fast? Yes. Okay, here we go. I did watch um, Rose Matafeo's show, which I really, really liked. Were you just saying that? No, I loved it. I binge-watched it. It was so good. You know the other show that I really loved was um, Grace Palmer's show, Good Grief, on TVNZ On Demand. It was so, so, so great. America has decided to rip off uh, Downton Abbey, and they've called Mm -hmm. it uh, The Gilded Age. So that show is on. I'm started. I'm on episode one. I'm going to finish probably two. I, I never thought that you'd be a Downtown Abbey-esque fan. Check out the grain here. I know, but do you like old people in castles getting served tea and shit? Well, look, I like Euphoria better. Will you check that one out yet? Yeah, I've seen Euphoria. It's very good. Zendaya is incredible. Love her. And, and you watch like the new episodes where it's practically a porno. Not yet. Holy shit. And then um, The Righteous Gemstones. I love it. The Righteous Gemstones. Give me the top line synopsis on that and why I should Um, watch it. uh, A big religious family who are not really religious outdoing, but they believe they are outdoing it for the money. They've got massive churches where they encourage tithing. Is it fake or real? It's It's fake. It's a comedy, and it's just a funny look at what can go wrong with such a dysfunctional family who front like they are related to God. Wow. Yeah. That actually sounds quite interesting. You know the dad out of Roseanne? He's in it. Yeah. And he's fucking Yeah, yeah. And he's like really... No, no, the other one. He was really fat at the beginning and he's kind of lost all his weight. Oh, yeah, yeah. um, uh, I can't think of his name. Not Brian Denny, the other guy. I want to say John Goodman. Yeah, John Goodman. Okay, great. Okay. I wasn't sure. Um, now, Benny, I'm just going to quickly, are you going to do an hour show? You've got to work in the morning tomorrow, eh? So we can then, have we? Oh, mate, I've got to go to sleep straight after this. I've got to get up at like 5.30 or something. Okay, fair enough. All right, well, that's um, pretty much the show. Uh, do you think we are possibly going live tomorrow from um, the, uh, the Korean friends at the uh, of Space? From Benny Boy's comedy gig? Yeah. I don't know. I might need to... Um, That's a no from you. What about Selena, do you reckon? Yeah, we might send Selena. Selena, do you think you can hold the phone and just fill it for us? Get oh, she's you. muted. No, no. Yeah, she's unmuted now. Oh, she's just thinking she's about it. So. I saw on the website no photographs, but I think um, from my experience, if you pre-arrange something, you can um, do whatever you want. Pretty much. Okay. That's so... Uh, so what do you want me to do exactly? Like just film? hold, hold the. I want him to film alive. I want to see this cat go. I want to see how his act's going. I haven't seen this guy in such a long time, and I'm a little bit nervous talking to him without seeing okay. his comedy. Go up the front, film it, stream yeah. it, stream it. Just pretend you it to us through the yeah, show. Well, who's going to be my support person for the stream? John from accounts. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. All right, thank you very much, everybody. Uh, we'll see right. you tomorrow. Um, thank you very much, Cara. I'm going to go watch some TV. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow from 9, everybody. Okay. Uh, don't forget, um, it's available on YouTube, thank you. Available on YouTube, uh, Facebook again, 
and also Twitch and other um, little outlets. Uh, you know, Oh, would you wait a minute? I've just been watching reruns of this new television show, Downton Alley. Oh, I tell you, the Queen, she loves it. Thank you very much, Brady. See you tomorrow, everybody. Thank you very much.